this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being... Yo, what are you doing here? I told you I was coming down. Jack, I told you I don't want to do this. I, I, listen, I appreciate it, but no, we're not doing Tony, it. Tony, I told Jack, you we're doing a monthly wrap-up show. Dude, no. People are going to love it. It's my freaking show, and I said no. People, I don't think people are going to like it. Tony, we're doing it, and I don't care what you say. Dude, get out of here. No. Get out I'm of here. serious. That's stupid. Get out of here. Get out of you here. You get out of here. Get out of here. You get out. You get out. Jack, no. Get out now. No. Get out. Fancy. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Jack Merkel, and I'm here to give you the monthly wrap-up show. As you could hear, we kicked Tony out of the studio, so I'm taking the reins on this one. What we're planning to do for you is taking clips from each show during the month, including the members' exclusives, and putting them together in this show so that you can hear them all at one spot, and we can all reminisce about how incredible these shows were, but not only incredible, but how creepy and how sometimes even haunting they were, and just awesome to hear some of these experiences. So I hope you guys are ready to get into this with me, because what we're about to do is get into Curtis's stories about seeing death. In episode 264, Curtis tells us about how he saw death after having some traumatic experience about seeing someone die. Uh, So before I get too far into it, why don't we let Curtis tell you all about it? Let's go. Today we got a great show coming up here. We have Curtis on the show. Curtis, how are you? Good, man. You? 
I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, uh, Curtis, you have some interesting experiences that you'd like to share with us. Uh, and we're going to start off with this experience where, you know, I'm just going to call it a Grim Reaper type experience. Uh, I find it interesting. You're up in the British Columbia area and uh, you have this experience where this thing uh, appeared before you more than one time. And uh, after we talk about this, we're going to talk about another experience that you had uh, that you just laid on me before we started the recording of uh, <laughs> about when you were a kid. And, um, you know, I'm not even going to try spoiling the story because I'm not sure where it's going to go. So I told you just to not tell me. I just want to talk to you about it on the show. So uh, let's get going right now with the Grim Reaper experience. How did this whole thing happen for you? Where were you and what was going on? Yeah, so uh, I was uh, up on the coast uh, doing some grizzly bear guiding conservation type work uh, on a small native reserve. And uh, we had some first aid training, actually, at the time that this happened. And uh, so a guy came uh, came running down to the lodge where uh, myself and uh, the first aid guy was at the time and said, we need some help. Uh, a guy had had a heart attack. So we went up there and we started doing CPR on this guy. And uh, uh, he didn't end up making it. But while we were in the process of it, I looked into his eyes. I don't know why. And I thought, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But <clears throat> just a weird feeling. Um, anyway, so once once that was all done, I kind of went back to retire uh, at kind of a bunkhouse uh, style building they had up there. Kind of like a, a large house that had about 12 rooms in them. Single bed, dresser, TV, kind of your basic basic thing now climb too small like it's i think there's 150 people on this reserve you can only fly in or take the ferry to it super remote um and they have all sorts of stories about things like this but i was uh so i was trying to relax trying to unwind kind of trying to process everything <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> it's about 11 o'clock <clears throat> and uh like <clears throat> I wasn't I wasn't like in shock about it but you know just thinking like holy shit like that really happened you know I was uh I was 21 22 at the time and uh so I figured oh, I'll try and get some sleep TV was on so I I got up and shut the light off and all I had to do was pretty much sit up out of bed and reach for the light that's kind of how tight the room was so i'm looking at my tv my doors to the right and i lay my head back down on the pillow and no sooner that i did that um it seemed like the room started to darken and it's the only way i can explain it is like you know when the lights dim at a theater it's like yeah. it was like that it like things just got even darker and i thought what what's going on and then I look to my right and I'm laying on my bed and I look to my right and it seemed like the room started to fill with smoke on my right and I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm like, what's going on here? And out of, out of the smoke from my right, a figure started to appear and it started to rise up out of the smoke and stopped at about my height, which is, 
Uh, I'm about six one. Wasn't much taller than that. It started walking from the right in front of my, like the end of my bed. It crossed in front of the TV and it didn't fully block out the light, but it was enough that I knew the TV was still on type thing. Um, and, and I'm really trying to process this and it seemed like things started to slow down for me. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Like, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. He had, uh, he had a hood on. There was no face from what I remember. And I couldn't see hands, so it kind of gave me that feels like the Grim Re- Reaper cloak. Um, I didn't see, he wasn't carrying anything. And I say, he is a general term. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was like he walked from my right to my left all the way around my bed and as he is coming up the left side i i started to move for the light like a bad dream and everything felt slow motion and as soon as i flicked that light on poof he was gone everything was gone <laughs> and uh and and now i'm trying to process that <laughs> yeah and i thought wow what is going on so I pretty much slept with the light on that night. Um, and I went and talked to uh, the chief of the community and he sent me to his wife. And this is why I call it, uh, you know, kind of the Grim Reaper death itself. Is uh, She said, well, that's actually death. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, death comes in, in three for a reason. And because you did CPR on that guy, you were there when his soul left his body. So he was coming to look for uh, another person to take with him, is what she said to me. Wow, Curtis. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Honestly, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. If I saw a cloaked figure walking towards me late at night in a dark room, I'm pretty sure I may have to change the sheets in the morning. But that is just insane. You know... I've had like maybe one or two experiences where I've been a little creeped out, but that to me, that would take the cake. So, you know, kudos for you for just flicking on the light and being okay with it. You know, I'm sure it freaked you out, but geez, man, still, that's incredible. So now we're going on to the member show here. Episode 265, if you're a member, you got to hear this, the Tennessee Goat Man. Now, this was a pretty interesting and different type of encounter. Uh, This was when Mike had a chance encounter here where he actually saw a half-man, half-goat entity. You know, that's something that I don't think many people have had a chance to see. And if they have, they haven't spoken out about it that much. Uh, But it's just incredible to hear these kind of things. You know, we hear Dogman, we hear a bunch of other stuff, but half-man, half-goat, that's a little different. So... Let's get into it with Mike here, and let's see what he's got to say. Me and my uh, wife at the time, we had uh, been out at a family gathering all day, and it was a long drive back to the house, and so it was was probably about 11.30 or so when we got back into uh, uh, the little city that we lived in. And we're going around these really dark, windy country roads. 
and uh, it was pretty cold out that night too. So as I'm coming around one of the curves, I see this thing. It's like inside. It's like down in the ditch, uh, kind of in a pounce position where it's like a cat's kind of crouched down where it's ready to pounce at you. And all this happened in probably a matter of seconds. It didn't take very long, but it felt longer than that because I was pretty freaked out. And so uh, as I'm coming around the curb, I see this thing crouched in the ditch in a pounce position and it lunges out at my car and I gunned it. And I looked back in the rear view mirror and I didn't see anything at all. There wasn't anything out there. Um, the entire top half was a man's body, but from the neck up was a goat's head. And I didn't get a good look at the legs, but it was standing when it was in the pounce position, you know, it was crouched down on all fours and then it jumped up and lunged at me. Uh, but it was, it looked like a man's body with a goat's head on it. With a goat's head on it. Dang, Mike. I'm pretty sure I would have done the same thing in your situation. I'm a chicken when it comes to this stuff. You're not going to catch me staying around, shaking hands with this creature, half goat, half man. No chance. I'm pedal to the metal. I'm out of there. So I, I'm right with you. No chance I'm hanging around. Kind of like our next guest, Jason and Amy, uh, where Jason had an unusual experience of going from hell to heaven and back. Uh, and he didn't stay there too long either. So I'd venture to say he's in the same boat as us. So, Jason, Amy, let's hear from you guys. Um, I'll, I'll start with my story. Um, the last thing I remember was my wife screaming at me for me to uh, say something. And immediately after she was screaming at me, my body, my, my spirit fell out of my body. And I started free falling. And um, it, was a, it was like a long fall, but it, it was so fast. Like I've never um, jumped out of a plane and free fall, but I would think that that's how it was. And immediately I was in hell because when you're dead, the spirit, the spirit world and your spirit, it's, you know, who you're face to face with, you know, exactly what's going on. Um, you're more alive. You're more alive than you hear than you are here on Earth. Um, it's that world is so more real than it is here, and you feel so much more than you feel here. Um, I was I was in hell. I was right next to the lake of 
fire. Um, I was face to face with Satan. And, you know, you see pictures of Satan with having horns and all this stuff. You know, the Bible depicts him as the most beautiful angel. And he looked like a regular person, but I felt in my spirit the evil. I mean, just complete evil. And I I knew he wanted to get to me to torture me. Um, it's when I was in hell, he was accusing me of a bunch of stuff. You know, when I was before I found the Lord Jesus, you know, I was I was searching. I I was doing all kinds of drugs. When I ran into my wife, um, my dad was in the military, and um, we moved. I moved back to Clarksville, and I started running around some of my old friends. And when I ran into my wife, she wasn't my wife yet, but I was high on cocaine and drunk. And uh, you, but I was searching if there was something else out there, because I felt so empty, and I thought of suicide and all kinds of stuff, and then. Um, I ran into her and she was already, uh, going to church and stuff. And I always wanted to date her through high school and stuff, but, uh, I was always a player. So she never would, you know, give me the time of day. And, uh, she said, if you want to date with date me, then you got to stop all this stupid crap that you're doing right now. So that night I went home and I flushed all my drugs down the toilet and I've been clean ever since. Um, but, um, the, the evil, the evil I felt there's evil people on this earth, but the evil I felt in, in hell, it doesn't even come close. Um, you know, uh, everything, it's like a telepathic. Um, it was everything I did in my life was up in my head. He showed me everything I did bad in my life. Satan did. Um, I didn't want to look at him because the evil and he was trying to get to me and he couldn't get to me because he knew I was being protected. And I was looking around by the lake of fire and I've seen millions of people in the lake of fire. Millions. And I seen famous people, I seen pastors in the lake of fire, but they had no names. You have no identity in hell. You just know what they did here on earth. And um, it really bothered me that I seen pastors in the lake of fire, but um, I remembered the scripture that you'll be held to a higher accountability if you lead my people astray and um, I've seen thousands of demons just crawling everywhere and they were all grotesque and deformed and, and uh, the, the thing that I was thinking was why am I in hell? I, I used to be an assistant pastor and I used to preach the word, why am I in hell? And that really bothered me for a long time. 
And I didn't want to talk about going to hell because it's so it it terrified terrified me so much that it was hard for me <coughs> to talk about it. And uh, eventually, you know, I started telling my wife that I went to hell. But after a while in hell, all of a sudden, like a light came down around me and I started going up so fast, like the, I was lifted up like the speed of light. And I, I was in a brilliant, brilliant light and I was going up so fast. And uh, but the light was alive and it was so loving. You know, when I was talking to Tony earlier this week, he told me that show was the most popular show he had last month. Makes a lot of sense because it was an awesome show. So next up, we have Amy, who had a really strange encounter on the Appalachian Trail. She actually sat down, had a meal, and talked with this other hiker, who at the very end of everything, turned out that he was dead. This happened back in 1993. Um, uh, Two friends of mine, uh, we were avid campers and backpackers and uh this happened in western maryland so uh we just decided it was actually on halloween night i can remember that much it was it was a saturday night and we just said hey let's let's just go up along the trail and hit the lean to and we'll still and uh just go camping for the night so we decided to do that and um you hike maybe maybe of a, a quarter of a mile into the lean to along the trail, so it wasn't a a, a long hike, but uh, fairly easy hike. Got up there, no problem, and had a good evening. And next morning rolls around, and I've always been a an early riser, if you will. I was up about six six thirty and decided to just enjoy the sounds of nature and. Uh, just take a little walk around the lean-to, and uh, I had noticed uh, we had company coming up the trail, and this was during the time period there were local murders um, on the Appalachian Trail, and um, right within that two-week period, even during that time that we were camping, um, there has been two girls murdered, I believe, in, I think, in Shenandoah, Virginia. And then there was someone murdered in at a campground uh, in Gettysburg. Uh, but this was uh, just a guy by himself. And um, I had said good morning to him, didn't say a word back to me. And so this guy started getting a little bit closer to the, to the camp. And uh, I started to get a little nervous because this gentleman walking up the trail, getting closer to the camp, was really creepy, to say nonetheless. And he just walked right up on the camp like he was part of our group. He's wearing a black blazer, very torn and tattered. His 
teeth were in not very good shape. You know, he looked like he had been on the trail for quite some time. Um, as I'm looking at this guy, I notice his backpack. And on this brain pack, every square inch of it had dismembered baby doll heads, torsos, arms, legs, old baby dolls, and some teddy bears. Every square inch of this backpack. guess you could say Amy was dining with death. And now to bat, we have Marlene. Marlene shares her family's encounters with a witch. One of which was her uncle seeing this witch. How many times can I say witch for you people? Fly off this roof, which she landed as a vulture. Turn into an old lady, which was weird, which. How the witch did she do that? I don't know, but let's hand it over to Marlene. it's your mom so you kind of have to like believe her so as we grew up you know little things started happening to us you know just random like so for example um one day i came home with like a bouquet of flowers and um brought them inside the house put them in water went outside to go grab more stuff from the car because i've just gone home from shopping and went inside and my flowers were wilted they were completely dead and i didn't understand why so i called my mom and i was like mom i don't know what's happening my flowers i literally just bought them they're dead now and she was like somebody hates you somebody put a curse on you you need to call and so we know a white witch and she usually helps us out with things that are going on in our life and um we'll call her at random and she will be like okay so somebody in your family has put something bad on you you need to do this do that you need to shower with holy basil and do all this other nonsense and we do it and you know sometimes you do feel something sometimes you don't but most of the time it it does help out so (laughs) it sounds crazy i know um so I had called her about it and yeah, that's what she told me. The the lady, she said that somebody in my family um, didn't want me to be happy, that they were putting some type of wrongdoing on me so I could live my life miserable. And I, at that moment, I, I, I was like, okay, this is crap. Like, this is not true. But then I started piecing things together. So my sister used to call me um, Good Luck Chuck. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's about a guy who dates women. And then every time he hooks up with them, they the next person they find, they get married. So that happened to me a lot. I would date a guy and we would be talking. It'd be fine. And then like they would just not be interested anymore. And then they would find somebody else then get married have kids whatever happy story every time and and then I was like why do I keep having all this bad luck with with meeting people like even with friends like I would meet a really cool like person to hang out with new friend and then 
they would like leave or something shady would happen and I wasn't understanding it. And so the, the lady, the white witch told me, it's because somebody hates you. Somebody in your family is doing you wrong and you need to just stay away, keep your distance from everybody until all this goes away. And she had told me that there is a demon that was following me in my house, but they they wouldn't go into my room because my room, like they, she said that my aura was too bright, that I was lit up like a Christmas tree and that I carried my, like I carried myself well and that I was just too positive, too, too happy and that this thing would, just didn't know how to get near me and um I, I would I would feel it in my, my house I would feel the heavy tension throughout the whole house even so me and my sister have this like you, you get that good feeling bad feeling and she said that every time she would walk into my room she would feel a lot lighter but going to the rest of the house she just felt super heavy super drained and just like loss of energy and like we i don't know it was just weird we would we would stage the house religiously because we always felt like something something was off and so that the white witch had told us that that yeah that something was in the house that wouldn't leave us alone and so you know a couple a couple of days passed weeks and i finally noticed that the energy level was changing in my house that you know, I didn't feel like somebody was watching me constantly. And so then I was hanging out with my cousin. I'm not going to mention her name. And she had introduced me to uh, her friend. And my, my friend's name is Stephanie. And uh, so I became close to Stephanie. And my cousin would get mad, get jealous, because I would hang out with Stephanie so much. And, um, which made no sense to me because we all hung out together. And so one day, um, I like out of, out of nowhere, we were talking about my cousin and how her mom is into dark magic. Like she, she practices it at her house. She has her little stuff and she she had told me she was like has has oh, i don't know what to call her i'm just gonna call her b she's she said has b ever mentioned that to you about how her mom is into all that and i was like yeah actually i my mom had told me about it because she because that's why i don't hang out with her as much as i used to because she does all that dark stuff and i'm just that's it makes me uncomfortable and so, so, you know, that conversation ended and we, cause we, we were a little freaked out by it. So one day my, me and my mom were talking and since me and Stephanie had brought up that conversation, I asked my mom, I was like, did you know anybody in your town that did, you know, dark magic or practiced witchcraft and she was like yeah um doña julia used to be the witch of the town and she would torture people or just be she she was just 
crazy. She was, she was the crazy person in the town. Everybody knew her. Everybody knew not to mess with her because she would, if you looked at her funny, she would, she would do something like she would just be awful. And she had even put a lizard in a priest's leg and he would say, there goes Doña Julia doing her, her crazy stuff again. And she, he had to get the lizard removed out of his leg. I don't know how that's even possible, but my mom saw it and she, she was there to witness that. And, um, she had told me that Doña Julia had helped my grandma with some stuff because she was part of the family in some twisted way. I don't know. And my grandma was pregnant with twins and she was having a hard time with labor and, and Doña Julia was there uh, to assist her, to tell her that, you know, she was like, it's, it's fine, don't worry, everything will be fine, as long as you give me one of the twins. And my grandma was like, you're crazy, I'm not going to do that. And uh, so the time came, my grandma had her twins, both healthy girls. Um, and uh, Doña Julia was like, okay, it's time, like, I... I want one of the twins. You have to let me be godmother of one of the twins because that's my right. Uh, I helped you throughout these times. It's my right to be godmother of one of them. And my grandma was like, no, that's not going to happen. And she was like, okay, well, we, we shall see. So at that time, my Doña Julia was upset with my grandmother and would chase my mom around and can you imagine just this little old lady offering candy to kids and just being awful with my mom? She said that one day Doña Julia had offered her candy and my mom refused. And she said, no, I don't want any. And so Doña Julia got mad at her and told her if she doesn't take the candy, then she's gonna come for her at night. And my mom was like, that's not funny, I, whatever. And my mom was, was a kid, she was, she was like, no, that's impossible. So my mom was like, I want to see you try. She's, so now my mom's testing this little old lady. And so Doña Julia starts chasing after my mom and my mom's like, well, she's old. She, how fast can she actually run? she said that she was on her tail and nonstop, like she wasn't even panting. She wasn't even like, and she said that she walked so gracefully over everything as if she wasn't old. My mom said that it gave her the ugliest chills and she was just gliding over objects. And, you know, in Mexico, there's no roads. There's, it's all dirt, gravel, everything. And she would glide over these little streams and giant rocks and my mom's running to her house. She finally made it to her house and my, her uncle appeared and was like, Doña Julia, you know better than to mess with, with these girls, you need to leave. And she was like, okay, I'll be back. So some time had passed and my mom's uncle um, saw a giant um, they call them, uh, there's a word for it in Spanish, um, but it's like a giant owl 
and there was this massive owl sitting outside of my grandma's house just staring at everybody who passed by and so my mom's uncle was like Doña Julia you need to get down from there you need you need to leave and supposedly the bird flew down to to like a, a nearby like shrub and that it turned into Doña Julia Doña Julia Dang, witches be crazy. Um, okay, so next up we have Chad. And Chad actually had some pretty strange experiences as a kid. Uh, growing up, he had some experiences with mimicking spirits. Even one that was portraying itself as his sister. So let's hear from Chad right now. Another thing that I think is probably one of the most terrifying things that's ever happened to me. Uh, not long after this, we moved to a new house, uh, you know, completely unrelated. It's like we were trying to run from anything, but we ended up moving a little further out into the country when I was a kid. And, um, in the new house, we had been in there, or at least on the property a couple times to go out and visit. And my neighbor was like my best friend growing up. So while they, had just finished building their house. I think we were in the process of building ours. So we were putting up a pole barn at the time. And I think our house was just maybe a hole in the ground with like some basement walls poured. And then that was about it at that time. So our parents went somewhere together and it was, you know, later in the summer, early fall. So it was around the point where I think the sun was setting a little bit earlier than usual. Um, it wasn't like, you know, daylight savings or anything like that yet, but it was starting to set a little bit earlier. And my neighbor and I went to the pole barn. We were playing soccer. We never played soccer. We were always playing like baseball, football, basketball. But, you know, there was really nothing that we had out there at that time. So we were just kicking the ball around. And the back of the pole barn was wide open. So there was no siding on that, uh, on the back side. So we had the door open, and then the back side was a goal. We were just playing one-on-one soccer. And, you know, if you got a goal scored against you, you had to go get it. So it went. So he scored against me. He kicked the ball out of the back of the pole barn. And I was trying to be lazy. I'm like, uh, I kind of climbed between the two you know, the two by fours that were going across and I'm reaching out for the ball and it's just out of my reach. And I see a shadow coming around and I'm like, Oh, oh cool. You know, my, my neighbor's going to get the ball. I don't have to you know, try to climb out of here anymore. And I look up and the shadow is, is moving and it, it comes from nothing on the ground, man. It's just like feet to head. First off, this is creepy to me. It went the wrong way toward the sun. Okay. So this isn't like a shadow figure that I saw upright. Like this is a shadow of something physical right there beside me on the ground. That was, coming from nothing and heading the wrong way. I mean, it made zero sense to me. And the way it moved, I will never forget the way it moved, man. It walked like it was like, like on the other side of a glass of water or something. Like it was just real glitchy and just its movements were so strange. You know how if you look through a glass of water, you can see things and they look distorted. And, you know, if anything were to move by there, it would, it would just kind of move real weird, especially if the water was moving in the glass. Um, that's how this thing walked, man. And it, it just like, I instantly just froze and I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I just froze. And my neighbor's walking up. He's probably like thinking, what's taking you so long to get out of the pole barn and get the ball? Like, what are you doing? So he walks up and he sees this shadow. He screams and runs, man. I mean, he's gone. You know, we're 12 years old. He, he takes off. He dips. 
and I'm still kind of laying on this two by four. So I go to like straighten up and I hit my head on the two by four above me and fall back down. And I just, I'm a mess, man. Like, you, you know, you watch horror movies and you're like, what are you doing? Like run, man, get on your feet and move. I couldn't, I was falling all over. I tripped over some gravel. Like I slid head first. I mean, it was hilarious. Man. Uh, I was a literal clown show trying to get away from the shadow. And we ended up, I think we hid in his garage for like another hour or two until our parents came home. And man, we were just horrified. Like we have no idea what we've just seen. All we know is like, it's this, it's this creepy shadow that comes from nothing going the wrong way, like feet to head toward the sun. Uh, that's a bizarre one for me, man. That just, something about that, even to this day, like I, that's another one that I think about almost every day. You know, I used to think my sister was a haunting spirit as well, but I guess she's just straight scary. So now we're going to go on to Matthew, and Matthew actually had an experience where he saw a Bigfoot jump out right in front of him, and since then he's had several other encounters with Bigfoot along the way. So let's get to Matthew right now. I was about 10 years old, you know, when I first had my... uh sighting slash encounter with one and, and I kind of laugh about it but in all honesty it was actually what happened. I pretty much had one jump into my life uh, back in the woods there in southern Indiana and we was walking, me and my cousin and some of his friends, we was walking back along a little trail back in the woods behind where our family lived and uh, had a little boy that was walking in front of me and he had stopped right when we got to this little valley-like thing. And when he stopped, I walked around in front of him because I was wanting to, curiosity, I wanted to see what was more out there and everything like this. And when about the time I stepped around in front of him, I had one jump down from my left. I don't know if it was on a rock, a limb, hanging on a tree, or exactly where it was because we didn't see it when we walked up, or at least I didn't. It jumped down in front of me. It obviously landed just like somebody jumping out of the back of a pickup truck on their feet kind of done that squat and then stood directly upright this thing was probably within about a foot or so of me i could have easily touched it and even after all these years you know like i said i was 10 years old then and i'll be 52 this year and after all these years i can still see that coal black hair right there in front of me. I mean, it wasn't a fur. It was it was hair. I mean, that burned in me real bad. Then. I, from then on, it was, you know, I could, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like I kept getting attracted to these things. I laid down in the bed we just went to bed and i got into one of them slumbers where i was still awake enough i could hear the fan running and all this but i started off pretty much on my way to being out i had my head turned to my left and when i did i clearly felt somebody or something blow against the side of my face i rolled my head over and because I mean, it caught me. I mean, it woke me up immediately. 
because I thought, man, somebody's in the house. I rolled my head over and looked, and it, I'm sorry, it's hard to talk about. Uh, I apologize. There it was. This thing was crouched down beside my bed. I could see the silhouette of it. And, uh, I'm really sorry. This is tough. Matthew, it's too bad you didn't have any Jack Link's beef jerky with you because you know what? Sasquatch loves beef jerky. Could have brought you one step closer to Sasquatch. Bigfoot. They call me Sasquatch. Please check the watch. This is Bigfoot. Don't get it shook. Out in Japan. They call me Godzilla. Up in Africa. King Kong Gorilla. Whatever that hairy guy. So anyway, we're on to West. Wes is going to share with us a few stories about entities that he has seen throughout his travels. Let's get to it right now. Eventually, like I said, uh, we built some rooms in the basement. And this basement is like an unfinished basement. You know, it's just concrete walls, everything like that. So we built some rooms. The rooms have no windows in them. So, and added onto that, it's like you have to walk outside into the garage and then there's a stairwell that goes down to the basement. It's not like you just go into the basement. I had to go out to the garage to get down there. So anyways, I move into this room downstairs. Now there's a room to the left, which was uh, my brother moved to the right. The room on the right, that was me. And uh, this is where things really started getting weird in that room. So, and like I said, there's no window, so it's pitch black in there as if the other room wasn't dark enough, but at least there was a window. But, okay, so this this incident down here is the one that really, I don't know, trips me out and really changed my mind on the whole thing. Because, like I said, the first one I seen upstairs, it was the figure of a person, but it was clear. You know, it's like you can tell it's a person, but you can see through it. There's no facial features nothing like that so anyways down in this room this is uh i don't even know how to say it it's crazy down in this room one night i'm sleeping or whatever and my bed is on the on the floor like i didn't have a bed frame or anything like that i just had a mattress and a box spring on the floor and uh i have a dog too i was going to tell you that at that point, her name was Juice, and uh, she's down there sleeping with me or whatever, and I wake up pitch black, and standing over me is this person. It's like a, a man, which I got to figure out how to explain this. So uh, when I painted that room black, the girl that I was dating at that time, 
she lived about a mile away from me and I was real close with her and her family. My family's real close with her family. And she's got her, she lived with her mom, dad and her brother or whatever. And her dad is this huge dude. You know, he's like six, I don't know, six, four, just huge dude. And he's got this long hair, everything like that, big beard, intimidating dude. So anyways, I wake up in the middle of the night and like whenever these happen too, I don't just like mosey awake. It's like, boom, you're all the way alert. You're all the way woke up and you're looking at whatever it is. So I wake up and there's this man standing over me and it kind of had the facial features kind of like her dad. And he was tall too, just like that. But he had real long hair. He was standing over me, not on my bed, but off to the side, just looking down at me, had this long hair, a beard and was wearing all black like he had kind of like this trench coat type thing on and just had like the meanest look on his face in the world and at first look i didn't think it it looked anything like that girl's dead you know i just was like oh my god who is this so what's crazy is i think this is an actual human in my room standing over me so i wake up and i see this what i think is a human in all black and I leap out of my bed and try to grab his legs you know because I'm about to try to fight him or something I try to grab his legs boom I miss feeling around for him I don't feel anything I jump up turn the light on no one's in there so that changes my whole mind on everything now I'm like oh my god like the first one I've seen was clear there's nobody in my room but that was a person Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to the first monthly wrap-up show. I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun for me to kick Tony out of the studio and take over here. I'm looking forward to doing more of these. And since I did kick Tony out of the studio, I'm going to bring on the sponsor of this week's show, my company, Greenway Natural Pest Control. See, with Greenway, you can get all of your pest solutions in one place. We're great, natural, and effective. And if you have any questions, make sure that you email me. The email is Jack Merkel, J-A-C-K-M-E-R-K-E-L dot G-W-P-C at gmail.com. Don't forget it and never regret it. Greenway Natural Pest Control. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. I really hope you enjoyed this month's wrap-up show. Get ready for another banger next month in October. Peace out.
is just 